Hello, everybody. Welcome to TumbleVision, episode 89. I love saying that. This is your host, Deb Schultz. I'll be joined shortly by one of my co-hosts, Heather Gold, and we have Kevin Marks. Um, where are you joining us from tonight, Kev? I'm at Salesforce headquarters in San Francisco. Ah, uh, overlooking the big clock tower. And I am, as usual, I'm waving to you, well, not as usual, waving to you from across the city. And our guest this evening is Alexander, no, Alex Howard. <laughs> Alex, say hi. Hi there. Hey, and Alex uh, is, well, we're going to talk to you a little bit more about lots of stuff. For those of us joining for the first time, I'll tell you a little bit. Tumble Vision is a weekly salon-style podcast where we talk about how to put people back in the center of tech um, at the intersection of technology, arts, business, and culture. And we explore all these different dimensions of the thing we call tumbling. And tumbling is a word we chose because it's a Yiddish word and it means to catalyze others to action. Tumblers were hired at weddings to get everyone to dance. And we believe in this networked age of ours. How do you run things when life is no longer hierarchical? You tumble. You get people to connect. And, and uh, our guest Alex is brilliant at doing this in the world of open gov and data and all this. And... Very apropos, though we did not plan it this way, as we are uh, live right now on the West Coast at 6 p.m., on the East Coast it's 9 p.m., today um, in Congress, uh, the U.S. Congress was talking about something called the SOPA Act, which we're going to get into a little bit tonight for those interested in what that means and why the Internet should care. But um, I wanted to just check in with Kevin before Heather joins us on, on the road, I think somewhere in Kansas City. Is there any other news other than SOPA that we should jump in and chat about tonight? Um, I think one, one thing that I, that I was impressed with this week was the, the Louis C.K. video, um, which was um, – he announced – basically, Louis C.K. is a stand-up comedian um, he, um, who's got a, a TV deal and is, is doing fairly well. But he, he – Filmed a live um, stand-up um, gig that he did, um, posted it on the internet, and and basically said, "If you pay me five dollars, you can download this, um, you know, and and you can stream it, and there's no DRM, and all the money's going straight to me, which is, which was, you know, in my obviously something I think is smart because I've been ranting against DRM for like, over ten years now, but um, the interesting thing was how he he then." Um, explained this stuff well and, and tumbled the processes and went on to Reddit and talked about um, his comedy and and about his production staff and, and sort of basically brought the audience along so that they had then said, and, and then he said, look, I know you could upload this and torrent it, but please don't. Um, and people, you know, fewer people torrented it than um, than you might expect. And, and he made his his sort of investment in the filming back within 12 hours and has went well into profit very, very quickly. So I was, I was impressed with that as an example of um, instead of um, ranting against you know, the internet as a, as a, as a force against um, creativity, it was using it, using it well and sensibly to, to great advantage. Yeah, and I think from people looking from the outside, they'll miss the devil and the details there. And, you know, in the middle of what you were describing is literally sort of one of the things that is about the art of tumbling or the art of sort of 
for more businessy terms, collaboration and crowdsourcing, and why do some sites have a lot of people around them and a lot of activity and, and others don't? And it really is because he got on, you know, we can break it down, right? He got on Reddit, very geeky site. I mean, not geeky, but very early adopterish site. Most, I, I doubt. I doubt anybody in Hollywood really knows Reddit. <laughs> he got on the site. He knew that's where his fans were. He joined them. He explained what he's doing. He asked them politely not to torrent it. Go ahead if you want to, but this is how it's personally and emotionally going to affect me if you do it. And lo and behold, it worked. He brought everybody, quote unquote, on the bus with him. And I think, you know, people are always asking what this tumbling stuff is. And sometimes it is that, you know, it is bringing people along with and the way that he did it I agree was was really smart because other people are going to look at it we were talking about it pre-show they're going to look at it beforehand and go okay so and I said the same thing other artists have done you know done direct sales quote unquote to people before but it's the fact that he made you feel part of it and he's just and also we should always say that you know you have to have a really good product (laughs) he's a really good comedian to begin with so you have to really want the stuff right it's pretty cool and he got a lot of attention for it this week didn't he yeah, and he sold 130,000 copies. It's just attention. Yeah, something like $500,000 uh, in, in 48 hours, I think. Yeah. In, nice. Boy, so I yeah. wish I could make $500,000 in 48 hours. Just be as funny as Louis C.K. Yeah, I probably could, but it wouldn't involve being funny. And it, would, <laughs> my, it might involve the internet. But I mean, that might. <laughs> anyway, just kidding. So, you know, good example. You were talking about um, people who think the internet is a horrible, awful thing. So, Alex Howard, who works, I mean, you know, you're O'Reilly's expert on OpenGov and data. And we've got this thing, hashtag SOPA, which stands for? Uh, that would be the stop. Online Piracy Act, not the commonly mistaken Stop Online Privacy Act, which is how quite a few uh, yes. people have tripped over it, um, including me uh, on occasion, actually. It's, it's very easy to do that. And, of course, uh, for people who are following the issue, um, there's it often feels like a Freudian slip because yeah. some of the things that the law would uh, require sites to do in terms of tracking their users might cause quite an issue for people's online privacy. Right. And, and, you know, let's, you know, for those um, just weighing in or hearing about the topic for the first time, this is an incredibly hot topic among those of us who work for the web or on the web or around the Internet and realize that, uh, you know, on so many levels, it's sort of the future of government innovation, so many different things. So, you know, it sounds great. Stop the Online Piracy Act, right? That sounds like a, a good thing. So what well, in its original form was this about? And Kevin, weigh in. You know, both of you jump in here. I, I want to get it straight. It's, uh, Stop the Online Piracy Act is certainly the movement that people who are watching the Internet right now might see. Uh, the, the bill itself is, is the Stop Online Piracy Act. It's uh, so named because it's oriented uh, by the, its drafters in the, in the House of Representatives. Uh, it's sponsored by Representative Mar Smith, a uh, Republican out of Texas, and uh, has, I think, something like 39 co-sponsors. And the, the idea is basically let's uh, address this issue of, uh, of online piracy. And, of course, uh, we, we can see there's vast amounts of uh, pirated material online, uh, depending upon estimates uh, you know, from various sources. Um, and uh, the 
folks in Congress uh, are, are motivated to try to do something about it. Um, and uh, certainly the fact that uh, various content creators, that being uh, Hollywood, the studios, etc., are, are very concerned about the issue and have spent uh, quite a bit of money lobbying um, Congress, uh, something on the tune, I think, uh, $91 million regarding um, the day. Are uh, you serious? To, yep, to try to get this, this issue addressed. And the way that they've chosen to go about it, um, in terms of the drafters of the bill and the various remedies it takes, are controversial. Uh, particularly so in the uh, for the internet industry, uh, because a number of the the different uh, ways that the bill would empower the Justice Department to act um, could be fairly disastrous for a number of the the principles that have enabled the internet to become the thriving, much more social place that it is. And we could dig down deep into that sort of thing if we need to. I know I've I've done that over at the O'Reilly Radar. I think I wrote about a six thousand word uh, feature there and interviewed uh, Senator and White House official for Internet Policy about it. But the the, the 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 bottom line here is that in the name of trying to protect intellectual property, um, a lot of, of innovation and, and free expression could be affected. And and the 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 various powers that be uh, have been fighting that impression very hard, uh, and uh, the, the the hearing that uh, if you've been following this all day since 10 a.m. Yeah. still going on as we speak uh, has basically been. It's about uh, time they. It's about time they earned their keep. I'm not really too worried that it's 9:30 at night and finally congressmen are still working. So you know. <laughs> <laughs> They're up against wanting to go home on Friday, and so yeah. the question now is whether um, this this particular hearing is going to get uh, essentially finished in enough time for it to go to the House floor, um, and whether House leadership has is any interest in in advancing it uh, to be voted upon. And if, if that were true, um, it it would be. Uh, it would be surprising at this point, um, just because there's a number of, of other issues before Congress, not least the government shutting down. And um, <laughs> this, this is a this is a pretty um, significant piece of legislation in a number of ways. Um, the, what's certainly interesting about it, uh, I, I, I used to cover regulatory compliance for a while before I started working at O'Reilly. You know, that being all the stuff that. IT people do because Congress told them they have to. Stuff like the, mm-hmm. the Sarbanes-Oxley Act and um, the various privacy laws that exist and the various security laws. And uh, nearly everyone I've talked to, uh, I think, allows that um, this, this particular approach um, would put a significant regulatory burden on search engines and, and any site that hosts user-generated content. And, and of course, that's why... Right, uh, the right. internet industry is fighting it so much. They have real skin in the game here. Um, and, and I think it, it, it's why uh, Congress, for good or, 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 um, or worse, um, is pointing to that and saying, you, you all just don't want to do this. You know, you, you were able to censor sites in, in China, Google, when you were doing that for them. Why can't you do it here? Um, um, and, they, 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 and is it because... You know, they, they. I didn't mean to jump in, but I just want to say, is it because they, they sort of don't, is it on a meta level, the congressmen sort of really don't understand the mechanisms of today's, of the internet or, or do um, they, I mean, it's probably a lot of things. It's not black and white, but. There, there's a lot going on here. I mean, it's, yeah. it's really, it's really complex. I mean, the, I don't think anybody, least of all me, you know, thinks that 
people's intellectual property should be pirated, right? Or, or allowed to be. I, I write for a living, right? I mean, I, right. I work for a company that it's all mm-hmm. about publishing material, and, and we want to see our authors compensated. You know, if you want to syndicate my work, I'd like you to work that out with us or pay for it, or otherwise there to, there to be some, some um, agreement. But the, the problem here is that, to your point, um, if, you, if you follow these hearings, if you've been to a lot of other congressional hearings, it, it's not a huge shock to you know, see congressmen, to see reps, to see senators who don't know a great deal about technology. I mean, that's nothing that's, that's new. What's problematic is when um, they are disputing the opinions of, of experts like Internet engineers uh, uh, with respect to how a given piece of legislation, policy, implementation would affect their domain. And, you know, there have been a number of things that have happened here which should be huge red flags to people making policy where you have, you know, the all of it, basically the the Internet companies that have been driving innovation um, in the past decade have by and large signed on. Um, The founders of the Internet, including people like Vince Cerf and and Tim Berners-Lee on the website, both said this is a bad idea. And um, and then a number of engineers who normally don't really get involved in politics have um, you know issued a white papers, have written into the Hill, have issued op eds, and gotten involved in the process to, to you know to say this is a bad idea. Um, this actually damages something that we've been working on, which gets into the geeky side of the internet, right? The, uh, right. the domain name system, and um, that you, you'd essentially be. Uh, undermining something that we've been working with uh, DHS, the Department of Homeland Security, with for years. Um, don't this, this isn't a good idea. And yeah. what what we saw today is amendment after amendment get voted down, um, including those that would take away some of the worst parts of the bill. Well, they, isn't Kevin? Why don't you weigh in here also a little bit? Because you know, to me, isn't it? I mean, they don't get it. They they also don't seem to be trusting those who've organized, who who are of the web, as as you said. You know, Alex. I mean, uh, you know, and and isn't it also a practical impossibility if if the if the act was legislated the way it originally was for even you know folks to sort of find all this i mean it would shut down the content on the internet i mean wouldn't it um, if it was so, written as originally you know thought through right well the, there's there's a there's a bunch of sort of deep things wrong with it but we, one of it one of them is is that it's it's basically attacking the dns system um which the DNS system is how you get from the name of a website to where it actually is located so you can download the pages. We talked about this a bit last week where we talked about how we managed to right. lose our, our um, domain for a couple of days. Um, <laughs> and the, you know, what they're saying is um, we mandate anyone to break the um, domain system um, for this and we require people to do this. Um, and then they're justifying this by saying, well, certain people in the DNS system have already um, discussed certain kinds of filtering and things that they do. But if those are, those are sort of opt-in blacklists and things like that. They are not um, uh, a government-legislated mandate to block, to block entire sites. Um, but the other thing is that we will um, – once, once this happens, people will, will come up with other routes um, for resolving these addresses – that, that don't involve the, the current DNS route. And that will mean that we end up with more than one answer to the question, which website is this? Um, and that, that, that yeah, is going to cause all kinds of other problems too. It, I mean, that's sort of the point that I'm trying to make. It's that 
there just is no it, it, it's an impracticality to do it the way they were written it so uh, you know bef- before we go too much further into this I need on the subject of DNS <laughs> to thank our sponsor Hover I love when we talk about DNS because I can then just segue right into Hover who is the most brilliant domain register in the planet because they're our host and we love them and they have real human beings behind stuff and they, they listen to you and they've saved us more times than I can remember. Um, you know, I, ha- I personally have 300 names registered for them. So we would like to thank Hover. If you need to register a domain name, you know, that's the stuff that hits you at 2 in the morning, like catchjumphigh.com. Uh, register it with – I have no idea why I just thought of that. <laughs> um, register with Hover and use the word tumble. You'll get 10% off. So, you know, Kevin, what you're talking about, just to go back in, I think Andrew's going to bring Heather in in a second, which is awesome because she's on the road and she'll tell us about her road trip. I mean, it just doesn't seem like it's logical. So if, if, so, what are some of the recommendations, guys, that those of us who understand the net are, have, have, have said to Congress that they're not doing? Is there a way to enact this act in a real way? Hey there, everybody. Hey, hey Heather. Heather. How you doing? Hey. I was just uh, for some reason it, it, What? Did we lose her? So ringing. Uh, Can you guys hear that? Uh you're popping in and out, honey. All I can hear is the ringing. You have to bring me bring me back in, Andrew. So um so while we're 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 bringing Heather back in, guys. I mean, what are some of the things that we could is is the what were some of the recommendations that came out of EFF and others around the act? And, and this is, is simply, I mean, there's tons of them. Right? Can, we, can we pick uh, one? All right. Cool. Oh. We're talking about, we're talking about SOPA. And, of course. Of course. And I didn't get to watch anything today. So we were just, you know, talking a little bit about some of the issues that you know as to why Congress sort of doesn't get it. But then we were sort of saying, what were some of the recommendations that, from the tech community that they're sort of ignored. So if we could write it ourselves, what would we want to put in it um, or not? Well, when, when we met with Obama's team, when I was at the Net Coalition down there, um, they asked us, you know, what would you want to sort of shave off of the thing? And this response that I think we gave them back was not, we didn't want to shave something off. We wanted them to support innovation and licensing right. from the music business because what's driving this bill in my opinion, is, and not just my opinion, is a refusal to acknowledge that nobody under 30 is ever going to stop streaming movies that are now illegal to stream. So that's not going to go away. I don't care what bill they pass. They're not going to stop that behavior. So you need licensing to allow startups to have new services that are like Spotify, like those kinds of Last.fm, whatever we're going to get in film. But but it seems there needs to be leadership from from the administration because they're refusing to to really cut deals. I mean, the reason that they're passing this bill, I think, I don't know what Alex thinks, is to try to get force business leverage by having a new law. Yeah. So that's one thing. The other thing that David Ulovich, who runs OpenDNS, was talking about was that there is a sort of ad hoc blacklist uh, that people in, in the business of DNS put together. Maybe you know about it, Kevin, or Alex, you're, yeah. you probably are on top of this. And they seem pretty interested in that as a sort of non-official but voluntary way to be able to stop certain bad actors. Yeah, Kevin did mention that. What do you think about that, Alex? I mean, is it is is there, um, you know, 
uh, are those, I mean, we, we, we agree sort of that those are the things driving it, but what, what could we do differently or would you have to scrap the whole thing? Well, treat, you know. it, it depends, you know, who you, who you talk of course, to. On this. Of course. Uh, if you talk to the EFF, they're pretty straightforward. They say scrap it. You know, you, yeah. just, you just say you can't yeah. fix it. Uh, I mean, the, the fact is I've, I've tried to talk to both, you know, to many different sides of the story to really find the strongest arguments uh, for this, you know, or, or mm-hmm. at least to understand them. And uh, it's written in a way that's extremely um, beneficial for the content you know, creating industries and extremely poorly done for uh, anyone that that have, runs a website on the internet or is involved in the uh, in- infrastructure. And the manager's amendment, which came out on Monday night, um, didn't address some of the really substantive issues on uh, on security and, and innovation and free expression. It, 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 there, there were some things that did get fixed, which was you know significant. It dropped. Um, the idea of empowering uh, private rights holders to demand that websites be cut off. Um, uh, that's good. That, that was maybe the you know, worst that's good. thing in the bill. That's good. I don't think that was the worst thing in it. <laughs> Hold on, though. I mean, I, there's a lot of people I talk but to. But wait, there's more. <laughs> legislative strategy who say that what's happening here is a lot of those really egregious things, private right of action, uh, modern user behavior, um, you know, not damaging DMCA, uh, that those are essentially put in there as, as you know, really tough provisions that could then be withdrawn to look like they were being reasonable. And what, right. what happened today as we watched during the course of, uh, of the hearings is you had four different people who were the, the strongest critics of the bill. It's uh, Representative Daryl Issa, Representative Jared Polis, Representative um, Zoe Lofgren, um, and uh, I'm all of a sudden blanking on the, the fourth name, which is nuts. Um, uh, well, no, he's that. That's he's a Wyden. senator, You're right? Senate, so that, uh, Chef, that's Chef, the senator. Senator. something. Um, and basically, uh, I don't think so. Uh, but, but the bottom line is, I mean, they they basically how is how is the, uh, the guy from Georgia? What's that? Georgia? How is the guy from Georgia who's on the Judiciary, Judiciary Committee? Um. Congress, this specific committee, this this particular group of representatives didn't distinguish themselves today, uh, unfortunately, uh, in terms of really- their understanding of the technology. And, I mean, the thing that got brought up again and again is that there were no technical experts asked to testify before Congress on this. That's just, that's just, that's just well, it just makes my blood boil. Here, right. Yeah, but, I mean, yeah, part I'm of what my experience is, I've but- never been to Mm, it, it looked to be, I mean, Alex, maybe you cover DC more often, but for my at least one day of being dropped in there, you know, with the sort of drop squad and all the, the lobbyists that took us around, it became really clear to me that I don't think this is just technology. I don't think they know anything about any bill they're voting on. There's no way, given the volume of stuff that's yeah. going by them yeah. and the well, number of lobbyists that are there because they think the lobbyists are teaching them about it. They they were happy to hear stuff from us and kind of clueless, but they were also clearly so far away from it. Uh, and, and there had been something procedurally done when we met with them that had gotten um, somehow the, the uh, other side three or five, you know, a larger number of, of, uh, t- of witnesses, and we got like one. So there was no way there was going to be enough technical uh, 
testimony because well, just there's some procedural limitation on how many people could testify. There, but you can have multiple hearings. I mean, the the, the in reality here, I, I think. I mean, if you're going to do something as as significant as as regulating the internet to this extent, then it, it it would be a good idea to ask the people who built it or maintain it um, whether your given policy is implementable, uh, but, whether it makes sense or not. And and I and I think in this case. What they did is they had a Google counsel come in, who's who's very good at testifying. I mean, that guy, Oyama, yeah. What, yeah. Kept, you know, she's she's very poised. But they didn't have a separate hearing where they had uh, would then bring in, for instance, some of the internet engineers who wrote the white paper saying there's a problem with DNSSEC. They didn't have Stuart Baker, who was you know. Yeah, but from my sense DHS. of this from being there, Alex, was it was something. Yeah, but, the, but I would say a couple of things. One, the beginning of your sentence was, if they're going to regulate the Internet to this extent, my understanding after whatever the six Congress people I got to meet with is that none of them understand that they are regulating the Internet. And the people who wrote the bill, I don't think, understand they're regulating the Internet. They don't, I don't even think they understand the extent to which it affects anything. So it's hard for them to say, wow, it's a big deal. I mean, until we showed up and we're like, they maybe got some clue, I still don't think they, they get it. So I don't think they get, the, they don't see the, the impact of it. They don't see at all what they're doing. Well, and I, I think I, that mm-hmm. I got. Do you think? Do you think? It seemed like me. No, well, that's not naive. That's 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 your point of view, Alice. Do you think are they that clueless? I'm I, I'm I'm not they're even not close sh- to being willing to be that monolithic. I, I mean, there, yeah. there are clearly some representatives who really do understand. I mean, the thing that's that what I'm saying, you, there's you have to be look a at few smart folks there. Well, and and they were there. I mean, if you listen to this hearing all day long, you can quickly see that Jared Polis, who's mm-hmm. an internet entrepreneur from Colorado. Has has had to configure servers. Understands how IP systems you know work. When he proposed an amendment that would take away some of the IP address language in there, which is you know very colorfully so, he talked about you know not seeing an, an IP connected toaster as a, is a website. You know, um, it, it's very clear he understands technology. Daryl Issa um, is a you know tech entrepreneur. He definitely gets it. Uh, he was all over it. He did this really interesting thing called um, KeepTheWebOpen.com. Where I love they, that site. You know, that was a great. That's a great site. They posted alternative legislation, which uh, he's co-sponsored with with Senator Wyden, called Open, um, right. which would uh, basically go after the same issue of online privacy, but would stay away from DNS and search engine blocking. And would focus on following the money, which is what um, most right. people who I've talked to in this space think would be effective. I mean, for, you may not uh, think it's a good idea to empower um, the attorney general with the ability to, to shut down sites. Um, but there's no question that following the money is what was very effective in knocking down WikiLeaks. Whereas knocking off their domain name record was very ineffective because it was simply propagated everywhere. So, I mean, that, 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 that's the thing that, that should be brought up. And, and, in fact, you know, again, uh, Google's Oyama did bring up the fact that WikiLeaks was taken away, uh, you know, basically uh, its ability to operate uh, effectively was taken away. Um, I mean, believe me, if, <laughs> if the Pentagon could have taken WikiLeaks offline through technical means, I think they probably would have. Right. Uh, I mean, uh, that there, there, there's a, a a lot of people who are very motivated to try to knock information off the internet, and um, you know, it, it's a, a trivial matter for someone who is trying to search for information to use a different way of, of getting to it, or to propagate to do it, and you know, to get around some of the um, ways that the, the the policies that are are, are are talked about being implemented here. And we're, but there, there's no question that. Um, for uh, a small startup, 
um, a, you know, perhaps in the news industry or even a larger one, um, the the concern that they would have that they could be uh, uh, brought up because they violated something because some someone had done something on their site um, could could be significant. And I think that that's the that's my the understanding. Maybe upset. Did the, did the law did the bill change around this, Alex? My understanding uh, when we were there, kind of early, uh, well, at least the day it got hand like it, it came out, was that. You didn't have to. It wasn't just that you had to stop it once it was there. You had to prove that you hadn't willfully ignored it. Like you had to prove these really kind of crazy things, uh, and to prevent links anything from going up. Not merely to take them down. That was part of the problem of the way the bill was written. That it wasn't around takedown like the MCA. It was about preventing stuff from ever going up in the first place. Which, if you do any user-generated collaborative system, uh, is almost impossible. Right. Uh, it's it's one reason that Facebook it would not be uh, you know a big fan of this. I mean, it, it'd be a, this is this goes to the compliance side. You'd have to demonstrate that you're trying to prevent uh, pirated material from going up, and and the reason that's significant from a privacy perspective is that it means you'd really need to be monitoring people's actions on on your networks to a much greater degree than you are right now, um, and and that's one of many reasons that universities and uh, then most recently the uh, American Society of Newspaper Editors uh, came out against this because they're quite concerned about the effect it could have on, on the media and on education. Yeah, I, I mean, the, the the levels, as you point out, with the toaster being connected, it's, it's really Congress sort of trying to understand that, um, you know, this isn't just about websites, though. I mean, that's the other thing. You know, the Internet is sort think, of the fabric I mean, of... How- one, also, Alex, be careful when you're when you're chatting. I think your mic might be uh, scrunching up against your shirt. Okay, okay. thanks. Go ahead, is have Kevin have with us tonight? I am. Yeah. Yes. Is Kevin with us? He's just watching the hearings <laughs> while we're talking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm certainly here, but Alex is is is, is being so eloquent about this that and I'm I'm just you, sitting back. It's good. <laughs> you are, and you're explaining it quite well, Alex. So keep going. Uh, go ahead, Heather. <laughs> Kevin, you want to? Do, do you, you know? I mean, I, I got a cut two. Oh, no, not right when you're asking a question. Oh, no, Heather, don't drop uh-huh. out now. I'm oh, no. I'm okay. not dropping. I'm, I'm, I'm way out. You were talking to Kevin. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. So there are a couple of things that were interesting for me that I sort of saw that day or, or that were posited that I'm interested in your take on, Alex. One was that... Um, that there seemed to be this this feeling. Like, I remember when we met with these guys who worked for, not Pelosi, who did they work for? They were on the, they, they were people who actually wrote legislation on the Judiciary Committee who were actually working on writing the bill. And when we were starting to raise concerns to them, they were, first of all, absolutely intensely upset about the idea that piracy was criminal and that you shouldn't argue with that because, because David called it a victimless crime and they kind of went nuts. Uh, yeah, well, you you can't start uh, from that position, that. probably. Um, well, no, they're just like it's a law and it's being broken. It's like yeah, every yeah, two minutes. Exactly. But it's also not criminal; okay. it's civil. Um, That's a <laughs> no. So you wouldn't have wanted to argue. These two little lawyers, they would tell you it's criminal in certain circumstances and that's what this is and how it's intensely important to protect to, to fight against that they they were saying well because there's no money appropriated to enforce this bill for the doj nothing's going to happen like why are you worried 
we, from our point of view of the world of looking at law and legislation from D.C., know the thing that makes this thing really happen. And so we don't care how broadly it's sort of drafted because we're not adding money to it. Nothing's going to happen anyway. So what are you, what are you worried about? So that was one thing I saw that was kind of interesting. Like, yeah, yeah, we had to do this thing for the movie business because they, they put, paid all this money to come and talk to all of us. And by the way, by the time we got there, the MPAA had met with all 435 members of Congress. We met yeah, with, have, there were 10 of us, we met with 20. Yeah, the statistic that Alex had was $91 million spent on lobbying for yeah, the industry. You mean for this bill? Yeah. It was enormous. Uh, and and um, the other thing I heard was that um, from someone in our group that, you know, that this is sort of, if you look at the, and I did go to look at the revenue numbers for the, the movie business, where I, which I worked in. Um, that they've been declining for a while, that this is sort of, that their power will be declining, their revenues will be declining, and this is sort of a last gasp effort to throw out and try to ask for everything, that in fact it's just kind of inevitable that the change will happen whether they want it or not, uh, much like we may have lost Prop 8, but in six years all the people who voted for it will die and the younger people won't, and the law will just change anyway because... Everyone will be downloading, or everybody will is going to use things in a different way anyhow. So, well, that, so that's, and, so and that's, another creepy thing was the idea yeah. that the, the Congress people did not. Let me just just one idea before forget that the Congress people do not care about the law, do not care about substantively understanding it, only care about having a fight between two industries they can raise money from. That was the other thing that ah, I was, well, that was suggested that, to me is what's really going on. Well, that last one's really fascinating. I mean, to me, the point that you make that's really interesting is, you know, if that is the case, you know, that it's not going to matter in a couple, that A, it's not going to matter in a couple of years, um, and B, you can't sort of legislate against this stuff anyway, why Why do we, I'm playing devil's advocate, why do we care as an industry, Alex? You know, why, why don't we just, you know, let this thing happen, you know, and they're not going to be able to, you know, what are some of the practical, um, you know, practical realities in the next, let's say, three years. You know, you're an internet startup, like we talked about. You're an, you're an innovative internet startup that's involved in Obama's new, you know, innovation startup thing out of D.C. Why do you care? You, you know, how does it impact your daily life? Well, uh, just a quick, quick couple points. Uh, I don't know if you saw the CRS reports, the Congressional Research Service report about the U.S. motion picture industry, um, and they, they, they got the data that they could pull out uh, in terms mm-hmm. of, of the industry contribution to GDP. That's been going up every year since 2000 uh, in terms of billions. I think it was $12.8 billion in 2009. It's, it's uh, $13.2 billion in 2010. Um, mm-hmm. Gross revenues are up, again, according to the CRS report. Um, the box office revenues are, are, you know, up past $10 billion. Um, that's been, that's greater in 2009, 2010. Uh, yeah. And if, you know, again, you look through the, you know, yep, em- employment dipped down. It's actually, but it went up again from 2009 to 2010, something like 300 and. Seventy-five. And what was it? What was it five years ago? Uh, five years ago. Is it down overall from like ten years ago? Yeah. If you go five back to two thousand five, it's three hundred and eighty um, million, three hundred eighty thousand. And if you go all the way back to nineteen ninety-eight, it's uh, ninety-nine. It's just over four hundred thousand. So it, it is lower, but um, yeah, but know, like yeah, it hasn't you know dramatically uh, changed necessarily. And whether we. 
input that to the role of the internet or to you know how else the technology world is changing you know that that's a different issue the the profits um you know, after taxes they actually had worse years 2005 2006 the the not to get too lost in the weeds here, but that basically means that some of the claims about the, you know, they're in, in particularly bad shape might be not completely backed up by the, the data. Um, I mean, I think the reason to care about this, to your point, Deb, it, it really comes down to um, whether venture capitalists will fund a given business model if it's extremely likely that um, there's significant regulatory compliance costs to do it. So, uh, so, th- so there was... we'll be living in a world where the engineer, where, where the um, you'll have the founder and the second hire will be the general counsel. Uh, something to that effect. I mean, yeah. that, the, I yeah. mean that was effectively yeah, what happened a, after Grobster. We, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that was backed up. We did a lot of saying you're not going to have two guys in a garage. You're going to have two people and six lawyers. Right. 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 Yeah. And, and, and that. The lot seemed to be working, but go ahead, Alex. Go ahead. I was just going to say, Booz and Company did a a study on the impact of internet copyright uh, regulations, and they found that seventy percent of angel investors, uh, including my publisher, uh, said an increase in these regulations would deter them from investing in websites that feature user generated content. I mean, that the fact is, is that I mean, people who invest for a living would absolutely look at these areas and say this is something that doesn't make as much sense as, as uh, investing in a mobile app or infrastructure or cloud or uh, healthcare or, or something else. Wow. And, um, you know, that, that might be uh, great for entrepreneurs in those areas who uh, have the next big thing. But in terms of the, the kinds of the, you know, tomorrow's businesses, um, if that's something that, that, uh, Congress hopes to support, you know, quote unquote, the next Facebook, uh, which seems to be very popular in Congress right now. Seems um, to be. There's a movie about it. It, it. it 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 might be problematic to put into place um, regulatory compliance requirements that, uh, or, or potential legal risks that would cause the business models that would would you know underpin whatever that might be to uh, to be created. And and the thing to always remember here is that. Um, we live in a much flatter world. You know, things are a lot more connected. Uh, technical talent is much more distributed. If we create regimes that make it much more of a hindrance for mm-hmm. internet entrepreneurs to create uh, their companies in our country, they're absolutely going to go at different places. I mean, they're being courted sure. in every single major developing or, or you know developed country. I mean, whether from Europe to Australia to parts of Asia, certainly in India. Um, and, and that that should be something that's of, of great concern as we look at the, you know the United States uh, as a globally competitive place for people to come and innovate. We've been very fortunate in having a great nexus of venture capital, education, um, good protections around uh, uh, copyright, patent, a, a, a sound you know legal system to a certain extent to adjudicate these issues. If you start to change some of those. Um, some of the playing field there, I, I think that you're, you're probably going to see more startups started elsewhere. And and that should be, again, um, one of those issues that people making policy should consider. Yeah, you know, listening to you talk, I had this weird, weird thought. <laughs> and that was, you know, I'm thinking, so who has the clout? If they're not listening to the technology industry itself, right, who has the clout? In Congress, you know, to li- get the congressman to listen, and you know, you mentioned user-generated content, and I was like, could you imagine? I'm not saying this would ever happen, but the evil advertisers, 
you know, every company in America that now uses user-generated content to get the attention of, um, you know, their customers, whether it's something for, you know, from marketing, uh, you know, uh, a competition online to other things. I mean, every big advertiser that settles spends billions of dollars also online actually is in complete opposite of the movie industry and the recording industry. They actually want their customers to be able to play and sample and do cool creative stuff, of course, with their brand, whatever it is. But could you imagine a world if this had been shifted and set up differently where all the businesses in America said, no, you can't shut this down. We want this. The P&Gs, well, the, the Chamber Procter & Gamble. Commerce, the Chamber of Commerce. The, the Chamber mean, of Commerce has joined, has joined yeah. the MPAA on the other right. side of this. Yeah. And uh, I think Google may, said they might leave it or something because of it well, as I was hearing that. I mean... <laughs> I don't take the Chamber of Commerce that seriously, but I, but, but I, I because, you know, it's, I'm talking Congress about, does. Congress <laughs> does. I, I know, but I'm talking about financial clout, and the Chambers of Commerce doesn't have as much financial clout as some of the other. Some the AFL-CIO does. Yeah, right. And they're if, supporting but, that. And they're, well, that's a problem. That's a problem. Well, I mean, because they're, mm-hmm. that's a huge problem. That's, wow, really? The AFL, say that again? <laughs> so it's well, not long. No, but that, um, Right. The the thing, remember, in the content industries have significant. CIO. This union. is positioned along right. about around great goods. Right. The, the the industry coalition here is really interesting. Just in, just like the people who are in opposing it are, are really interesting. We're, we're, you know, there, there's bipartisan opposition. There's bipartisan support. Um, you know, again, Hollywood uh, it, you know, traditionally has a lot of friends. In the Democratic Party. Um, and, uh, the unions are in the same boat and, um, they've teamed up on this. On the other hand, I, I can't remember the last time I saw an issue where you had, um, <laughs> uh, Michelle Bachman and Rand Paul who are agreeing yeah. with Democrats, uh, like, like this. It, it's really fascinating to see what's happening, but, but the, the reality here, I, I think, is that people who are traditionally concerned with uh, civil rights and human rights and, and free, freedom of expression um, are finding commonality with libertarians who want uh, to uh, prevent government getting brand new powers and have the ability to overreach online. Uh, so you, you, you know, end up with a very interesting um, blend of people. I mean, for instance, I mean, I have the Repu- you know, Republican uh, debate on, on uh, a screen in front of me. There's a very good chance, we haven't heard them be asked about it, that, that Ron Paul would think that this is not a good idea. Um, that John Huntsman, because he understands the internet, would think it's not a good idea, whereas um, the other candidates would you know, say stopping online piracy is something we, we uh, support. Don't know it because I'm not Brett Baer and I can't ask them, but boy, I'd love to. Damn, I wish you could. I know. You know, you, know, you, you actually – I wonder if someone will ask them on the debate tonight actually. Another point is has this been covered at all in – I'm curious because has it been covered at all in mainstream sort of CNN, mainstream news at all uh, today? Boy, is that an interesting question, Heather? Yeah. Um, that, well, that's, that's, see, it, you did it. I knew you were going to mm-hmm. do it. It's Deb. It's yep. Deb. Uh, I did yeah. it. That's funny. Okay. Um, <laughs> I totally did it. Okay. So here's, you here's the story. Mom. I know why I'm asking the question because, there's a, you know – there's a there's lot a of meta story here. Yeah. There's a Ooh, very the interesting meta story. So the 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 thing is is that um, a, as Representative Smith, uh, you know, Chairman of the House Judiciary, said today, um, ABC supports this. Um, so do other networks. They're, they're content creators. So by definition, they're really zealous about wanting to protect their content. And right. what you what you can't help but notice is that. 
The editorial boards of the L.A. Times and of the New York Times and, and other major papers um, have come out against this strongly. Um, right. And it's getting covered on, even on, um, on CNN's website. It's a, ball- you know, it's a battle of the Internet versus Hollywood. But it's not getting onto the network news. It's yes, not getting a lot of that coverage on, on the cable news. And I can't get anyone to, from these places to say to me on the record what's going on. But I have had staffers tell me, you know, without attribute anything, that they have had um, people from the networks tell them that they're, uh, they're not covering it. And and the reason why and who said it and the kind of chain of why that's happened is not clear. It's nothing that I can you know I can print. Uh, there's nothing that anyone you know I can't send this to piece of my to someone at one of the papers. But what what is clear is if you're following the space is that this these bills are not getting covered by the mainstream networks. They're getting written about online, right? So you can find links to, uh, to CNN.com or to Fox News back in November. You can find stories in both of those yep. sites. But, you know, we're, we're in a 24-7 news cycle. They're, you know, they have tons and tons of space to cover stories if they want to. The closest thing that we've seen to mainstream coverage is when Keith Olbermann talked about it uh, on Current. And then most significantly, when Stephen Colbert talked to Jonathan Zittrain and one of the right. rep from the, the content industry on the Colbert Report. And that's, that's it. And that, you know, the fact that we're talking about the Colbert Report is the closest to mainstream coverage tells you something about um, the level to which it, you know, editorial decisions are being made to not discuss something which is of great interest um, to people uh, on, online, and certainly to the you know the founders of the internet and to you know, internet companies. Um, I mean, we, we had uh, Sergey Brin uh, come out very strongly against this on his Google Plus page late last night. Um, that's significant, but it's that's mm-hmm. not something that is is getting again past the kind of the tech policy sections of the newspapers. Right. That's what it's, I mean. The only places I've read about it are in sort of our our, our ghetto of tech. I mean, it's not that mm-hmm. ghettoy, but it's pretty ghettoy in 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 um, you know and press. And it, it just dawned on me today. I'm like, this is a huge hot button issue, and you're not seeing you know Wolf Blitzer or 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 well, even the hip Anderson Cooper covering yeah. it. <laughs> sure, it's hard. It's a hard issue yeah. to explain. I mean, it's I mean, yeah. stopping online piracy sounds like something that we should do. Right. I mean, it, it, it's it, this is absolutely something where there is there is an issue here in terms of people's stuff getting pirated. Um, but, you know, the 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 question is not whether you're committed to doing something or whether you care about it or think there's an issue. The question is whether this particular set of solutions to to trying to fix it is one that's going to be good for our country, for people who work here and, and also incidentally um, for people overseas, I, I mean, you, you, we have to think mm-hmm. through here. I mean, the, the, what what our Congress does absolutely affects the rest of the world in terms of the potential cover it gives countries like Russia and China, which have been using DNS blocking, which monitor their citizens, which um, absolutely have used copyright to chill speech before. And it, this is, and, and I mean, I have to say, go back to Solzhenitsyn. Copyright yeah. was used to, to to try to quiet him as well. This is not a new tactic, um, and the, this this argument that 
that, that I heard advanced in Congress today that th- these measures will not harm freedom of speech. I, I think that we that uh, I, I think that some of the history here would suggest that that's not entirely um, based in fact. I mean that that there is mm-hmm. a, a fundamental principle that. Um, has been part of the internet since early on and in regulations around it called intermediary liability. Um, and, and that's enabled a lot of different sites to, to thrive. Um, uh, yeah. I don't know if you guys can hear me because I'm having a problem with Skype. Mm. Uh, you're, you're bunking out a little bit. Alex is, is just, just brilliantly talking about how um, others have hidden behind um, copyright is an excuse to silence freedom of speech in the past. And I think that's a really good point that we often, um, and it's, and it's so in in case those, I don't know, we didn't talk about it yet, Alex, but Kevin, I, I think I saw you tweet about this earlier today. The irony of ironies is that, you know, what is it today in America? It's it's Bill of Rights Day. It's the, it's the I think the two hundred and twentieth, two hundred twenty second, maybe anniversary. I, I, my date's out of whack. Um, yeah, it's the two hundred yeah. something or other day celebrating the Bill of Rights. And when the White House tweeted that this morning, and I was like, oh god, you know, it's, they, they it, took it, it on it, the chin for that. You no, know, one of yeah. the things I, I want to say, speaking about freedom of expression, the First Amendment as an artist, like it was really great to. Congressman and myself and Paige Sayers, who did a show here with us, were the artists in our group meeting with them. And, you know, they spent a lot of time trying to tell us that this was a bill to protect artists and that, in fact, artists wanted it. And I asked many of them how many artists had come and spoken to them mm-hmm. in support of it, and they couldn't name anybody to me. And we talked about how the kind of art that we make involves sharing and connecting people, and that's right. the sort of basis of our work. And that, in fact, um, a lot of the most growing, I think, and interesting kinds of creative work, including these folks here in Kansas City I just interviewed today, whoop de do are the sort of platforming, kind of uh, interconnecting of people. It has a lot to do with the artwork. So we want new applications and new systems that we can help get us out to people because it's hard to get known and we want you know like kickstarter we want these systems to help us build a way of having a career so and what was really astonishing is that they were the, almost the most interested in asking us questions about the stuff we were making i don't think they get to talk to artists now the mpa mm. says they speak on behalf of artists and i don't know how filmmakers feel about that i don't really think uh, musicians feel like the music industry necessarily represents their their interests. I mean, I, I certainly want artists to get paid. It's not that I don't want that. Supporting this doesn't mean I don't want artists to get paid. It means I don't think we're going to get paid any better uh, if for things for a bill like this to pass. I think it's going to get it's going to get worse. And I think artists need to have more control over their own career and be able to get stuff out. So that's one thing. Uh, I don't like the movie business saying they're speaking on behalf of all artists because they're just they're not. And the second do they thing say is, that I don't they think are? it's do they say that they are? Yes, they Aren't do. They speak- yes, they they're do. Speaking yeah. Of- but they're speaking well, they, on they, behalf and of I, their I don't, business model, not artists. <laughs> but they also get the SAG they and they get, you know. I know, but it's not true. I'm just And I, the other thing I want to say is it's not the content business versus the technology business because the so-called technology business is the content business. I think that's yes. a false thing. And In that was the point YouTube, about the Louis C.K. thing, yeah. Yeah, we we started talking about Louis C.K. at the begin, at the opening of the show and brought that and, you know, slang that together. I mean, you have to be it, – it's the same thing, Heather. It's beautifully said. 
So I, the problem is they don't want to do, you know, kind of deals to make things more open. But uh, and it's a little different if you're making t- traditional television or film to do what Louis did because he's in, like a comic independently. It's, it's easier to, to and he's massively well known. He can pull that off, yeah. off the way he is. But it, it is in our interest in the long run to operate that way. There's no getting around it. Right. Yeah. So. I don't know. I mean, I, you know, Alex, you know DC way better than I do. That really cynical idea that they don't care about this bill, they just want to raise money off of these industries. Because one congressman did say to one of our group, you know, I'll be in Silicon Valley soon and bring your checkbooks. Do you think it, it's possible they don't care about this thing passing? They just want to fundraise off of it and that that's what they do? Well, I, I, I'm always resistant to um, making generalizations about, uh, uh, about companies or, or congressmen. I, I, I really, I do think that. Um, there are people who are trying to do right by their constituents in Congress. Um, I, I do think there's also, however, something that's important to remark upon as a dynamic, uh, which is that many people I've talked to out in the Valley or in other parts of the country really don't pay a lot of attention to Washington that much and really just want to yeah. be left alone to create and, and do their thing. And um, the, if you look at the, the breakdown of... Uh, again, of, of lobbying, and you can go to OpenCongress.org um, and, and do a search to see um, what what the breakdown is in terms of monies that have gone from various industries. I mean, the reality is that um, the internet industry has not plunked down very much money. They have not uh, shown up in force in person. I mean, Heather, you, you went and came here, with, and, and you know, you, with Fred Wilson. And you know, they were uh, astonished that we were there. <laughs> well, that's because it's not common. We don't. We, you know, DC does not uh, have people from the internet or tech industry walking up and down the halls talking to people. They they, they are not. Um, the, the 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 connection to that part is just not there. There are legislators absolutely go out to the valley and have fundraisers, and you know, uh, Politico's wow. tech policy wing tracks that very carefully, and they're constantly, you know, figuring out who's got influence and who's talking to who and, and what the alignment is because that's what Politico does. But the the you know the reality is really that the internet um, is not. Uh, the, the industry around it is not particularly mature, and it certainly doesn't have decades and decades of experience right. lobbying D.C. in the same way that others do. And, and this, may, this may be, I think, a tipping point. I think we're at, at a moment in time where it's become so big. It's become a bigger, bigger part of the economy. It's become part of most Americans' lives. You know, uh, more, a third of us are using smartphones. Hundreds of millions of people are on Facebook. Um, you know, the debate we're watching right now has a Twitter component. I mean, this stuff is, is woven into um, what we do and, and, and what our businesses do and how we communicate and how we express ourselves. And I think that um, because of that, there's a potential and this kind of goes to the whole part of everything else that I, I do. I don't, you know, thank, thank goodness I don't just cover SOPA for a living. Um, you know, that, that people can talk back and really become much more engaged directly with their government in a way that they simply haven't been able to do before collectively. And you can see the impact of, that, of the Internet plus video plus um, uh, the phone. Uh, yeah. Here, I, I, I would we'll say see. a couple of you know. A couple things just to back that up. I mean, when we got there, and I haven't posted my video from that day, and I, I really need to, there were literally 10 or 11 of us. I mean, you know, Fred Wilson and some people that really matter, and Dave Julevich. Uh, and we were the first people to meet with them, and apparently the first people from the, the tech business have ever met with them. And 
One, there's this new thing called the Net Coalition. I think just launched the other day. That this group is coming together to make happen. That I'm going to stay involved with, uh, as in more as to have more ongoing presence to make this, you know, this felt in in the policy world regularly. These kinds of needs and and education happen. And the second thing is, um, uh, you oh shoot, I just slipped my brain. Your point, Alex. I wanted to support what you were saying about um, with some details about. Uh, damn, dropped out of my waking brain. up, waking, anyway, waking, there's up the, definitely... waking up the tech industry to, that we're growing up. Oh, I know what I was going to say in this video that I made, which I'll try to get out. <laughs> there were 10 of us, and they'd already met with all, all of Congress, and we're like, oh my god, it, it felt like definitely startup time. I was, we were, you know, it's a bunch of disruptive people going, great, like we can take them on, but they did not think at that point we were. I, I don't think we thought it was going to be this big a splash. We tried, but the the pickup has been amazing in the last month on this issue. Just amazing. It's been huge. Yeah. And that's a testament to everything you were saying, Alex, about about the net. Because I can tell you a month ago when we were there, there was just 10 of us who were like, uh, this just happened. And they hadn't just dropped this bill. They like shoved it through and, and skipped a lot of committee hearings. Like you said, why is there one person testifying? Like they were really ramming it through without anyone paying attention. So the fact that we've had this kind of public attention and that I forget the congressman who ran the one of the congressmen in the Judiciary Committee asked me to write jokes for him. I wrote all these jokes like, uh, uh, you know, you know, Pfizer, you know, testifying with MPAA saying, you know, what, since, what do you, you movie producers have in common with Pfizer or Viagra? You know, whatever. I give him a bunch of jokes to use in his hearings. That's a good and, one. <laughs> um, thank you. I wrote a bunch. I, You know what? I'll look them up and Put I'll post up. them on the site. Put them up. Put them up. I, I think, you know, there was, it was just, I, it's been amazing because I, I thought it's dry. Like I wanted Boing Boing and people to pick it up, but it did feel a bit abstract. I mean, geeks would understand it, but I didn't know that it would get past that. But it seems to have really, have really been working, which is exciting. So that, yes, that but. shows, I mean, but, I mean what? Yes, but. Or screwed. Yes, but. I mean, the, yes, I mean but. so look, the, uh, so so there's some news this week. Um, lawmakers abandoned the cell phone robocall bill i don't know if you remember this thing but it basically yeah uh, they abandoned it they did and because there was a real outcry and people got very upset and and everyone in the country was you know we we all everyone who can afford to have a cell phone and probably a lot of people who can't afford one to have one have one and nobody liked the idea of getting robocalled on them so that that was a very clear eh, we don't like that and people organized around it and it it went down and you know the that's that's an outcome. The, you know today we watched lots of amendments get put up, and lots of them get voted down twenty two to twelve, which is probably what SOAP is going to pass out of judiciary on. Um, you know, frankly, that 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 you, you can see that the votes are there. That's that's more or less why it's probably in markup in front of this this committee because the votes are there for it. The votes are you know? there. It won't, it won't make it unless right. Right. So I mean, you know, that that doesn't make sense for a chairman to bring you know his marquee sponsored legislation in front of you know full markup unless he knows that there's enough votes to get it through. So and and the the real impact of this stuff is not going to be whether. Um, you know, Tumblr gets many, many calls or, or whether, you know, the, 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 the Internet wakes up. It's going to be whether the Internet drives offline action. It gets covered right. in mainstream. And my mom asks me what soap is and, and has an opinion about it. You well, know, that's that, why that's I, I got to jump in. That's why I asked you about me, like the mainstream press, whether, you know, we were seeing it on the news on CNN or not, because I, 
I'm going to connect a dot to something we talked about, if you don't mind, like a few weeks ago on television about Occupy Wall Street. I think mm-hmm. what's happening a lot, and to me in the world today, is we have to start realizing that just because you get a lot of enthusiasm in around a topic and lots of tweets and and there's coverage it doesn't necessarily mean anything unless there's action behind it whether we like it or not today with the powers that be like that, that you know and so you know sometimes occupy has gotten a lot of attention but now i don't want the movement to lose its teeth with, because it's going to start a separate thing. Like you've got to also realize, and that's why it's great, Heather, that you went down there. Is we need to be disruptive, but you also need to realize that you can't just write a lot of posts and get a lot of tweets and set up a lot of websites without, you know, doing the sometimes the old-fashioned yeah, work. I'll, I, I'll, I'll tell you, I'll I'll tell you one the, thing, I, Deb. Yeah. The most powerful thing we said to every person we met with, the thing that, that made sense to all of them was uh, – how would you like Twitter to not be working? And they all freaked out. They were all like, don't take my Twitter. We're like, well, what if they have to screen and filter every tweet before it goes up? Like that was the one thing that made sense to all of them. Well, that just shows you have to make, you have to make things practical. But my point also is, and I've lobbied on issues before from high school on in Congress is sometimes you got to pick up the phone. You know, they, they do things old school sometimes. I mean, Alex, you know this, right? You got to, you know, they, they still count things the old-fashioned way, right? I mean, so, you know, knowing that we've been on the show for about an hour and we are going to have an awesome live chat for a little while afterwards, as we do every week, if there was one thing people who listened into the show tonight and are interested in SOPA and, or learned about it for the first time tonight, what do you suggest that they do action-wise? Well, you know, I've, I've had the, the fortune to talk to a number of people in Congress now, senators and representatives and to their staffers. And there is um, there's a descending pyramid of what has the most impact. And I'll tell you right now, social media is right in the bottom. Um, you know, then after right. that, yeah. email. I mean, they they they're getting ten times as much email as they were, you know, uh, uh, ten years ago. But it's it's gone up in, in crazy volume. I mean, it, it's it's unbelievable how much they're getting flooded with stuff. A lot of it automated. Um, you know, the next thing after that is a phone call. Um, you know, the switchboards have been, uh, you know, crashed uh, for various things. And the president asked people to call Congress you know, this summer over the debt ceiling. They actually did. Um, you know, it's probably his last ask because after that, he, there's been less response. But um, the thing that makes the biggest difference is when constituents, mm-hmm. that's the most important thing, constituents involve themselves. Because, frankly, if you're a representative or a senator, the first thing you care about is this person from my district, do they vote? because I'm supposed to serve them, and then um, do they, uh, you know, have they tweeted at me, Facebook commented, um, or have they written a handwritten letter, or have they come and talked to me personally? And the personal uh, meetings from constituents are the most, have the most impact. Of course, the problem is, is that most constituents can't come to Congress and there's right. limited availability um, for you to, to talk to your representative or senator in your own state. So, I mean, that, that, that unfortunately means that um, the, the amount of influence that a given person has uh, is, is not what it could be. Um, that, that's just the, you know, that's long and short of it. There, there are new platforms which are enabling people to communicate more easily. Uh, we saw that really cool click-to-call function that Tumblr set up. Mm-hmm. Um, we've seen uh, new civic startups like votazen.com and like Popbox, which uh, 
you know, Tim was an angel investor in, and that basically allows people to socially lobby Congress. Uh, mm. Open Congress, which I mentioned, which is a, a great civic startup, opencongress.org. You can learn about um, who's funded bills, their voting record, and they have um, easy ways to contact your legislators. So, I mean, they're great, they're great tools, but the best thing to do is to call, write letters, or go talk to them in person. So, so yep. one question there, um, Alex. Um, I'm assuming that the everyone in Congress is going back to their districts for Christmas. Um, is is the best thing to do is to find when they what local appearances they have and go and talk to them there about this? Make is is that a, is that a call to action we su- we should suggest? Um, well, you you could uh, you you might find it difficult if uh, to do so, given that a lot of Congress. Uh, folks are doing exactly what many other people are, are in the U.S., and they're going on vacation with their families. I mean, uh, if there's public appearances, then then this is that absolutely would be something to consider doing. But um, I, I think that uh, my understanding and talking to lots of folks leaving D.C. is that they're they're not go they're not taking a break to go do town halls. They're taking right. a break to go out for the holidays. Right. So, I mean, to your point, I was sort of a leading question that I was asking you is call your constituents. That's the easiest thing with all of us listening to podcasts. And we have a pretty geeky audience, a pretty geeky group of tumblers here is tumble the idea of SOPA. You all know what that means. Tell others about it and tell people to call their local constituents or email. If if picking up the phone is still a little too difficult for you, you know, because I know that it feels way heavy to me sometimes, um, send an email. And so, you know, we try to keep the show to an hour. This is a topic that is hot. And I think you're right, Alex. It's hopefully the tipping point for people to wake up but you never know uh you know some people um move on hopefully it um if we want innovation and startups and you know three or four people to be able to get together and create cool apps and stuff without having 10 attorneys on their staff we got to do it right so on that note i'm going to tell everyone thank you for checking in with tumble vision thank you alex howard for doing such a great job of really um putting this stuff in plain english for us because it's Mm. not easy especially when someone is incredibly knowledgeable to put it in plain english it's almost harder and heather yep Oh, we just oh, like, no. it's like it's like I ask Heather something and she disappears. Um, <laughs> I have this impact. Damn! And I just want to say I want to thank once again our awesome inaugural sponsor Hover for being behind us like they have been. And if you're registering a domain like sopasucks.com, uh, register it with Hover and use the word Tummel and you get 10% off. And as usual, Tummel Vision is weekly every Thursday nights. We're on iTunes. Check us out. Review us if you can. That'll be a big help. Spread the word. Stick around for our post-show live chat. And thanks to our producer Producer Andrew Hazlett. Yeah. Woohoo! Yeah. And I hope you'll come back, Alex, another time so we can talk about more than just SOPA. Well, yeah. The, yeah, there's all this other other fun open data and, and innovation stuff that's also. I pretty know. Good time. Right. Not I know. Really we, as, we, uh, uh, you know, uh, 
chewy, maybe, as we could call this. I'd love well, to talk maybe, about that stuff. Yes, <laughs> maybe not nearly as timely, um, uh, for sure. I think uh, the stuff you're working on is very chewy. Uh, if, if, if you've been able to do anything with your government and you've heard anything around open data around government, Alex has probably had his fingers in it. So we definitely have to have you back around that. Heather, anything you want to tell the folks about? Because we didn't even get a chance to talk about your road trip. Where are you? You're in Kansas Here's City? Here's a little update. I'm in Kansas City, Missouri, where I'd first heard you guys, I got the timely thing wrong, which is why I was late, uh, where I had barbecue that was amazing. And I just interviewed whoop de doo TV, who are also amazing uh, here. And I'm driving back to San Francisco to join you all on my quest across the country to uh, come back to my home. And actually, I'm hoping to, to do more work with the Net Coalition, maybe even be very involved. So this is that will be this awesome. was very uh, energizing for me. It was kind of, it's kind of cool. Very Alex, much. You were better. awesome, and you really kept me very up to date on a lot of this stuff, which I really appreciate. And it was really cool that it was so um, nonpartisan. I just want to say, like, it was weird to be in a room with all these people who work with Carl Rove and stuff, but yet we were all like, we can collectively agree this is just really bad. Yeah, I mean, that's a good, that's a really good thing to end on, the point that if any if any topic could be tumult and connect left and right or be bipartisan, it should be this one. Um, so thanks, Heather. Drive safely, and hopefully we're going to do our next show, maybe the three of us together. Will you be here by next Thursday or no? What's the date next Thursday? Uh, yes, I, I will be there. Yeah. Okay. Woohoo. Yeah. So we're going to do a special Hanukkah in Deb's apartment, Kevin, Heather, and, and me and our guests all together. How's that? Right, Kev? Ooh, that sounds good. Hanuk- you'll bring Hanukkah your mic? Miracle. We'll do a Hanukkah miracle. You'll, do, you'll bring your mic. We'll do a Hanukkah miracle. And our guest is a little bit TBD. And I just want to thank... Our awesome Andrew Hazlett, producer of themoderns.net or themodern.net. I love that URL. And with this, I will say, everyone, tumble out. <laughs> <laughs>